You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey everybody, welcome to Netflix Life, a streaming TV podcast from Fansided. I'm Bryce Olin and I'm joined by my co-host Cody Schultz. So the end of the year is officially here, and uh, to recap how the year went for Netflix, we've picked the best Netflix shows, stars, and moments of 2021. Um, we've got a lot of categories, and uh, Cody and I have each picked one, maybe a couple, uh, <laughs> a couple for some of them. So how do we how do we want to start this, Cody? Do you want to do? Should we just get it rolling with the best Netflix show of 2021 and get it off to a good start? Yeah, I feel like it, there's no better way to just cap off the or start the list than with the, you know, the highlights, which were our favorite shows of the year, which this one was a really tough one for me. Um, so I'll let you go first, because I feel like you picked my alternate <laughs> pick. And so I get to celebrate by default, like the second, you know, my other favorite show. Sounds good. This was also really hard for me. It wasn't really hard for me. My best <laughs> Netflix show of 2021 was Outer Banks. And I just wrote a piece on it this week. So if you want to head on over to Google, you can read about why I think it is, um, and a little bit more expanded, because we've got a lot of stuff to get through, but, so Outer Banks Season 2 premiered July 2021, and I just, I feel like this is the most fun um, Netflix, at least teen show, there's been a bunch of good shows this year, obviously we could have picked Squid Game, um, Sex Education, Midnight Mass, Um, there's been a bunch of them, but um, it's Outer Banks for me, all the way, how do you feel? (laughs) Yeah, it was that was a tough one for me because I'm like I love Outer Banks so much, but there was one show that just like edged it out for me this year, um, and that was Lucifer. I I feel like it it's also fitting just since this is kind of the last year, which is so bittersweet. Like that we can officially talk about Lucifer and like the best of list since we won't be getting future seasons. But it was a really big year for Lucifer fans too. Um, we of course got season five B in May, season six in September. So it was definitely like a whirlwind there for like, we waited so long for the second half of season five and then never really anticipated season six coming so close. But both seasons, when you look at like them both being a whole, since they did drop at the same time, you know, in 2021 together, were really strong on their own. And I, I really just love this show so much. Like I'm, I'm bummed that it's over. It's hard not to imagine like future seasons of Lucifer, just because this one has been one of my favorites from even before Netflix saved it and, you know, it was airing on Fox, I was just was such a fan of this show. And so it just felt like fitting to, you know, give it the, the love as the best Netflix show of 2021 to me because it really did go out on a high note. That's I think that's fair. I do want to say I left it off of the list of the best Netflix shows that I shared before I said Outer Banks or maybe it was right after. Um, I left Lucifer off not because 
I don't think it was one of the best shows, but because I knew Cody had picked it as his choice. So I just want, I don't want the Lucid fans to come for me. I'm with you guys. <laughs> um, no, that's a solid pick, though. It was a huge year with both, you know, season 5B and season 6. That was, I think, the most episodes of Lucifer, right, that we had seen um, in a year since it hit Netflix. Is that is that right? Yeah, because we got eight episodes with 5B and then 10 mm-hmm. for the final season. So, I mean, in 2021, we got 18 new episodes to watch, which is just crazy. And some really great episodes along the way. I mean, we, of course, had the animated episode. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, the series finale, which was a phenomenal episode. Definitely, I know it divided some fans and that, but it was just a really fun year. And, yeah, I kind of was safe to pick Lucifer and knowing that you would represent the Outer Banks fans <laughs> and, like, giving the shout-out there. So we kind of, like, catered to both of our equal fandoms by showing some shared love for our two favorite shows. Yeah, I think the Lucifer, obviously the season six finale was really good, and we might talk about it later. I don't know. But uh, the Lucifer season five finale was also really good. So it's like we had two two really good finales to like cap off that show. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree. That's a, that's a solid pick. So I guess, so those are our best two uh, Netflix shows. What about our breakout stars of the year? So I, with my pick, I tried to pick someone who, to be honest, I had never heard of before, before the, he was in the show. So that's that's what I did. You did a little bit differently. Do you want to go first, though? I feel like you should go first on this one. Yeah, so I, I was a little torn on this one as well. But to me, the Outer Banks cast just felt like the real breakouts of this year. Um, of course, you know, Chase Stokes, Madeline Klein, Rudy Pankow, Madison Bailey, and Jonathan Davis. They all, you know, started to peak last year when we got season one. But really their stars rose to like a new level in 2021. We saw, you know, Chase Stokes won favorite drama TV star at the People's Choice Awards. Uh, Chase and Madeline won the best kiss at the MTV Movie and TV Awards. So we started to see like the fans getting out and voting for these shows more in this year. Um, and they just have become like bigger. They're more sought out after. That's what we talked about in the past. Like when we recorded the Outer Banks Renewal episode about how, you know, the cast is sought out, you know, Chase is working on other projects. I believe Madeline Klein's going to be in Knives Out 2. Um, there's so many other, I can you can just go through the list. Like I could spend this whole episode talking about their projects. And so I feel like this was really their breakout year and their, you know, stars are just continue to rise from here. That's fair. And I feel like the way that they were all utilized in season two was different than in season one, which I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Rudy, Madison and Jonathan had big roles in the first season. But I feel like that it was very much about, you know, um, John B. and Sarah's like love story basically was kind of um, the main focus along with the treasure hunt, you know, in season one. But then in season two, that really shifted and we got to see each of these characters kind of branch out on their own and have their own arcs. I mean, particularly Pope and Jonathan Davis, that storyline. I mean, season two was very, very much about him and his family. Um and so I, we got to see like a whole other side and how the writers used um, some drama to split these characters up that had been together and um, was like it let the stars shine, basically. And so I think that that was really cool to see how that happened. And it kind of, yeah, raised their profile for sure. Um, so I think that's definitely fair. Yeah, definitely. So I'm curious. I. I, I know what your pick is coming, and this was this was who I almost went with. So I'm glad <laughs> to see him getting some representation from you. <laughs> I changed this like four times, but <laughs> I went with um, with Dylan Arnold, who played uh, Theo in You season three, 
TBD whether he'll be in new season four, but uh, no, he killed it. I think that, uh, again, I tried to do someone who I thought was like, I know he's been in other stuff, but I, he wasn't really on my radar, and I was just really, really sold by his performance in the show. I know that he was in, oh man, what was the, I was going to say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that was not the movie. It's the Halloween movie. He was in that that came out the same day as you season three. So um, definitely, I think that uh, he's had a really good year. Rumor has it that he's also dating um, co-star Victoria Petretti from you. Uh, you know, like I said, it, I don't know if we'll see him on Netflix, uh, in you season four, but I hope so. I think that, you know, how well he played his character and where it ended for him could be huge moving forward in the show. And I, I really hope that, you know, we get to see more of him in the future. Yeah. He was one that when you watch you season three, like, you just got a sense he was going to be a breakout from that role. Like, he just kind of stole the show a bit. Um, and so I think that's why fans are, like, eager to know, like, could he pop up in season four? Or, you know, what might be next in line? Like, will Netflix team up? Because, of course, Netflix loves working with its actors um, and additional things. And so that was one. I almost also put Reggae on Page on here. But it mm. felt like one of those gray areas since Bridgerton technically debuted in December of 2020. Um, because of course he, I think when you look at this last year, just shot into a whole another level of mm-hmm. the stratosphere with his stardom. So I feel like I should give him a nod before we move on to our pick for best actors, because it was such a hard one not to include so many Bridgerton picks because of that, like, you know, caveat of it debuting technically in 2020. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, uh, yeah, it's really, it's funny because he, like he, if you just look at like his year, you would say he's probably like the breakout star of the year, but because it did come out at the end of December, we'll, we'll leave it to that. But I guess we couldn't have known at that time if when we did this list last year that he was going to be the breakout star, like he was on Netflix for six days before the year ended. So, um, I think that, yeah, definitely he deserves, uh, some recognition there. And I think, yeah, like you mentioned, we're going to see him in probably the biggest projects now. I mean, that's where he is kind of at right now. So um, I guess, should we talk about like some of our best actor and best actress categories? Yeah. So let's start with best actress. So for this one, I kept it with the, the you theme there. Um, And I was back and forth on this one, but I I ended up landing on Victoria Pedretti. I just feel like she just killed it. Like literally in (laughs) physical. In you season three is Love Quinn. Like her performance was just so amazing in there. Like she really did just deliver an incredible performance. It's not, you know, one that probably will get love from, you know, the, the award circuits and that. And so it felt like a perfect area just to be like she just like was amazing. And I I hope we haven't seen the last of love. I know the way season three ended definitely has left, you know, the question mark of like it seemed pretty final. But mm-hmm. with a talent like her, I just want to see her on Netflix again and, and hope that we'll get the chance to see, even not on you, somewhere else, because she definitely just continued to wow us and you. Yeah, she was amazing. Like, that was, I mean, the art, like, the emotional arc of her character through those 10 episodes, starting with a bang in season one, which we'll talk about later. I think we'll talk about that first episode um, a little bit. But I went with, uh, so my pick, I went with Jessie Mae Lee of Shadow and Bone. She plays Alina Starkov. Um, she could have also been, you know, one of the, the breakout stars. She was on my list, but I thought I'd go with Best Actress for this one. I just thought her performance was really good, and I'm really, really excited to see, um, you know, what she's going to do next in season two, which I think starts filming quite soon. So 
Um, I also considered Emma Mackey of Sex Education. She plays Maeve. I thought that she was also really, really good in the new season. And then Kate Siegel um, from Midnight Mass. I know I don't. I can't remember if you watch that show or not, but um, there's several like. I want to say minutes long monologues in that show where she's just talking and it's just like riveting. Like you just can't stop watching. And it's just like to be able to pull that off, I I thought was like, you know, outstanding. And I hope that she's, you know, nominated for Emmys, et cetera, all of the awards. I don't know if she will, but I I would recommend it if I were part of the Academy. I don't know. Yeah, that's why we're here is we get to give like show the love for the actors and actresses who get overlooked because I feel like so many there's so many incredible performances, but more often than not, especially like the genre stuff, we seem to get, you know, overlooked for more of your traditional stuff. And so it's fun to be able to have a platform to celebrate some of these incredible performances that might be overlooked by, you know, the larger critics because we're fans. That's why we're fans. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, before we do best actor, I also have to, or I, I want to encourage our listeners to check out Blindsided, a new podcast from the Players Tribune. The Players Tribune has launched its first ever mental health podcast, hosted by uh, former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. Blindsided will share and analyze moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and what happened when it did. The podcast lets listeners hear these athletes describe moments when the mental health became the most important focus in their lives. Blindsided then gets deeper, it gets clinical, and it allows listeners to leave with an understanding of different varieties of mental health challenges that people face, why they appear, and how athletes in particular face them down. Blindsided is a, is a sports podcast, not only for people who follow sports, but also for those who don't. You can subscribe to Blindsided on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts today. All right, so best actor. This is a good one, I feel like. There was so many, like, I know that we said this is tough for every single category because it is tough because there's so many Netflix shows and stuff. But, like, this one I had a really, really hard time with. Um, What about you? Yeah, this one, it was, I was so back and forth. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because I knew in the back of my mind who it was going (laughs) to end up going with. But there were so many great performances, again, that I was like, I could have easily, like, interchanged this with so many actors I don't think it'll be surprising for people to to know that my pick ended up being Tom Ellis for Lucifer. Um, I feel like across season five B and season six, like he just inc- just delivered an all around incredible performance. Um, I've always just like his comedy and like being able to bring this you know comic edge to the character, but then also having like the serious scenes. You know, they also throw in there's the music elements and that, and there's just so much in that role. And I'm going to really miss, like, his portrayal of the character. Like, when I think of, like, favorite characters in general for Netflix, like, Lucifer Morningstar will always be on that top list. And it wouldn't, I don't think we wouldn't have that same result if it wasn't for Tom Ellis playing the character across all six seasons. Just the amazing performance he turned in episode after episode, season after season. I know. The thing that stands out w- with me about his performance is, like, obviously, like, the intensity like just the way that he looks like he I mean like not like how he looks like as a person I mean like how his eyes like when he looks at someone like there's only a few people I feel like they can pull off that like Lucifer glare you know what I mean and uh in the just like the range obviously like you mentioned like from the comedy you know all the way to the singing and stuff is just like I don't know it's outstanding and he like like you mentioned earlier like these guys these people don't get enough love I don't feel like because there's so many 
there's not enough cat like categories there's not enough spots for the nominees like a lot of really talented people get overlooked especially on like the broadcasty type or like the streaming service shows so i mean i think tom ellis is a very good pick for this one i went uh, what'd you say sorry i was just saying thank you and that i was gonna toss it to you for your pick (laughs) yeah well yeah i'll go i'll go next because there's only two of us uh I went with Hamish Linklater from uh, Midnight Mass. He plays, um, I can't remember what his name is. He's the priest, though, in Oma. Like, I said that this was hard to pick. Like you, I also had it in the back of my head who I was going to actually choose. Because this. I feel like it was above and beyond anything that I saw this year. Just from, it, it wasn't like Tom Ellison, like the range. It was just how he played this character and did it so believably and i i just don't have even words to describe it because it was so good like it was truly one of the best acting performances i've ever seen probably not even um just in a netflix show and not even this year so i think that sums it up (laughs) yeah and i feel like even as someone who hasn't seen that show just because i'm not the biggest fan of like that genre Mm -hmm. um like he was a, like when you see the trailers and all that like his performance drew you in and like made you so i can i can understand like him being a pick there and just like looking at the brief teasers i've seen like i can only imagine what his full performance ended up being when you look at like those little bits and it, right. you know drew you in so much on a trailer it's weird too like like i mentioned for kate siegel is like there th- this the show is very talky like there's a lot of really good dialogue and like the the exchanges are really good. And then also like these like really, really long um, like monologues basically are like just sucked me right in. Like I could not look away. Uh, I watched the show in like a day. It was very, very, um, I don't know. I was enthralled, I guess I will say. <laughs> I guess should we move on to, to some scene stealers though? Yeah, we've talked about like the, you know, the quote unquote, the best actor and actress. Now let's get into those who like stole the scenes, um, which I-, I love your pick for this one. So I'll let you lead. Okay. Yeah, I went with Carlacia Grant, who plays Cleo in Outer Banks season two. Again, I had such a hard time because there's so many like um, of like the more recurring actors uh, that do really incredible things for in Netflix shows. But, but I felt like sh- her just every scene that she was in in Outer Banks was just taken to the next level, starting with when they're on the boat the first time, when they're on the boat at the end, and then everything in between the chase scene. And just her whole vibe, I felt like, was exactly what this show needed. And I'm so excited. She's been up to a... I think she's in the main cast for um, season three. And so that's going to be really cool to see how she changes the dynamic within the Pogues and just like what she brings to the table. Cause she's like, you know, as she's like spinning her knife, I'm just like, Oh, just more, <laughs> more knife spinning, please. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited to see like what they have in store for Cleo and season three. Um, like you said, definitely like a really great addition to the cast there. And I'm really, really, really excited that she's going to be around more often and sticking around as a series regular for season three. Cause she just, yeah, like you said, definitely a scene stealer pulled you right in. Um, I'm actually going to call an audible on mine. Oh. I'll give a quick shout out to who I had originally talked, but just in talking in this episode, I'm like, there's a name that just popped into my head. So I was originally going to give a shout out to 
uh, Lucien Lavin's quote from uh, Emily in Paris, who is a breakout from this season. I'm sure fans are going to love his character. But as we were talking, I just, I feel like my pick, it's, it's got to be Amy Garcia. Um, oh, yeah, Who yeah, played, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. Ella Lopez on Lucifer. Just as, like, as I've been, like, ref- <laughs> reflecting upon Lucifer in this episode, her performance in season six in particular, like, as Ella was putting everything together, um, and, like, her, the big reveal at, like, the wedding when she kind of put it all out there and confronted <laughs> everyone, like, her emotional, like, the performance there was, like, her masterclass, like, that perfect everything we'd seen from Ella coming together, and just, I feel like that's a character that always was a scene sealer, but really in that final season got her, her due storyline, that meaty storyline, and it was great getting to see her kind of step into that and just own it, and so... I was going to give some love Emily in Paris's way, but I feel like Amy Garcia had to get some recognition there. So little curveball, but a well, well-earned curveball. Yeah. I knew you were going to talk about that, the, that episode too. Just outstanding. Um, we're, we're getting close to out of time. So we'll move a little bit quicker here. Best series finale. I feel like I know what you're going to pick and it maybe you just talked about it. So I'm going to go next and say on my block, you know, we had a long wait for season four. The the final season was incredible. The ser- the series finale, I really, really enjoyed it. They've already spun the show off into a new show because this format works really, really well on Netflix. Can't say enough about On My Block, but I'm going to turn it over to you. The floor is yours. Best series finale. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think it's any surprise that I'm... The best series finale for me was Lucifer. Um, I, I really... I know there was like some question marks with some of the fans. were like, just the way it ended, but... That final sequence in particular, like, I can't think of a better way to end a show. Um, Like, I was watching it. It was one of those episodes that gave me chills as I was watching, like, the final, like, the flash forwards and how they wrapped up different storylines. And it just was a really, like, beautifully crafted episode and and season in general. So I'm I'm definitely going hard on my picks and showing my love for my fellow Lusa fans um, just because it really was a great final season. And this probably is the last I'll get to talk about it unless they pop up again in the future, which who knows crazier things have happened, but that was definitely my uh, best series finale. The final moment of that series I felt like was awesome. Like I know it was controversial a little bit. Some people didn't like it, but I thought that it was very fitting and it was just the perfect way to cap off the show. I thought, um, I guess this was a good category or the category we're going to talk about. This was a good one that you thought of. Um, and it's the best moment we never saw coming. And so this was hard because that there were so many things that happened outside of, you know, what actually happened in a show that we never saw coming. Um, and I think that that's where we went with both of our picks. Like, um, I think that my first one uh, was Squid Game taking off like it did and becoming the biggest Netflix show of all time. I just feel like that that like we hadn't talked about it much yet. And I just had to like squeeze that one in there and just say like, I don't know, you know, it's so awesome when something like this happens because, you know, it's not the big IP, it's not Marvel, it's not Disney, it's not any of the, it's kind of that, like, word of mouth buzz that, like, creates this, like, monster, and that's what happened with Squid Game, and I think it's just, like, the Netflix effect, like, we've seen it happen with a number of other shows, but um, Squid Game is the latest example, basically, so that's my pick, I want to talk about two more after, after you go, though. Yeah, so I was back and forth on mine. I'm like, there was so many good shocking moments in shows that I never saw coming. Um, But I feel like I couldn't cap off this episode without talking about the Manifestors 
and Manifest. And I feel like that was the, the moment I never saw coming was Manifest being saved by Netflix after really like becoming a breakout hit on the streamer. And the reason I say it wasn't so much that I was surprised when it did get saved. It's just this wasn't a show that was streaming on Netflix at the time of its cancellation. And so it really, you know, dropped on Netflix, became this huge hit, was in the top 10, held on there for quite some time. And then as soon as it was officially canceled by NBC, like everyone was looking to Netflix and it looked like they had passed on it. You know, there was a lot of buzz and hope. We talked about it a lot on the podcast and then things kind of hit a wall and it was like, you know, are they going to be able to get over that hump of just the technicalities of things? Because this is a Warner Brothers Studios produced show. Um, it streamed, you know, on other outlets and had other deals in place. And Netflix just really noticed the fandoms and they found a way to make it work and, you know, picked it up for that 20 episode final season. And it just was such a rewarding moment, like just to see all the fan effort that went into this. But it was never one that I would have been predicting, like heading into this year, like, oh, yeah, ne- you know, Manifest is going to be the show we're talking about being saved and Netflix is going to be the one saving it. And so I think that was a fun surprise. Yeah, that was super fun. Less fun. Uh, the first episode of You Season 3, I felt like if we're just talking in show, I felt like that there was so much build up about love and or I guess Natalie being like Joe's fascination with his neighbor, Natalie. And how that ended with her with the axe, love killing her with an axe at the end of the first episode of season three was the most shocking thing I think I saw on TV this year on Netflix. Would you agree? Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I remember watching (laughs) that episode the first time and I'm like, Natalie's the neighbor. They like leaned in. She's going to be like the key storyline this season Um, It's going to be hers and Joe's like thing. And what does that do with love? And then boom, end of the episode, love breaks out the axe and just like you know, does does the deed and just kills her right there on the spot. And I was like, I was in literal shock. I just could not believe because I'm like, where does this season even go? Because that's where I thought the whole season was going. And so it kind of was fun. Like it set us off in a different path. Um, and just was one of those moments that I never would have expected coming. I know. I Yeah. The other one that I had down was the Virgin River two season renewal. I did not expect to get a two season renewal, but I'm very glad that we did. Um, we're almost out of time, but I guess any last thoughts on, on on those things that we never saw coming or any of the other stuff that we talked about? Yeah, I think it was just a fun year for Netflix. And so I can't think of a better way to, as we bring the year to the end just to celebrate all of the shows and the actors that we love talking about this season. Um, and I'm just excited to see like what the next wave is going to be, because as we've seen with the you know moments we never saw coming is you never know when that next scene stealer is coming. You never know when there's going to be that next big you know, save save my show campaign or that shocking moment the internet can't stop talking about. And it's it's exciting to see what Netflix might have in store next. Couldn't say it better. We're out of time, everyone. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, and we'll see you all next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.